before, before I pray, I want to ask you a question. Um, how many of you like instructions? When you buy something, when you buy a ceiling fan, how many of you read the instructions, put it together, or you just try to start putting it together? How many of you like instructions? Not many people like instructions. How many of you follow the rules, you know, or read uh, warning labels, you know, like this stove, is, this surface is hot. Is a warning label I just saw in the kitchen. And, you know, somebody, every time we cook in that kitchen, somebody still touches the daggone thing. You understand why I'm getting to what I'm getting to in just a minute, but before I get too carried away, I do want to pray. Um, God, thank you for the privilege to tell people how much you love them and the lengths you're willing to go just to get their attention. Dear Lord, I pray that each and every person in this room has an experience with you and will have the faith to just ask you a couple of things, whatever that may be. Dear Lord, I pray that right here and right now we would just lay down whatever's clouding up our minds, whatever's weighing us down, dear Lord, help us just to cast in burdens, dear Lord, and, and not like a fishing pole, but like a rock. Help us just to leave them things with you, dear Lord, and help open our hearts and minds and ears to whatever it is you want to do this morning. I thank you for letting me be a part of it, dear Lord, and it's you, dear Lord, so just speak through me. We love you. Amen. So, we are reading through the Bible as a congregation since January, we started in Genesis, and we made our way all the way to Jeremiah. Uh, it's been cool. It's been fun uh, to see, but I've noticed a pattern in the Bible. When since Adam and Eve sinned and, and the fall of man, people cannot seem to get out of their own way. And throughout the Old Testament, there's this constant back and forth of people worshiping other gods than the one true God, and then God's judgment and wrath comes upon them or, and they get oppressed or enslaved or taken over or sent into captivity. And then what happens? Then they're like, oh God, we're sorry. We love you. Please help us. Please get us out of this mess. God brings them out of the mess. They celebrate it. And as soon as they get done celebrating it, they go right back into the mess. Well, just because it's 3,000, 4,000, however many thousand years later don't mean the mess ain't changed. We're still the same people. Might wear different clothes and do different things, but we're still the same people. And Jeremiah was a prophet sent to the people of Judah, and he, pro he told them what God told him, what a prophet is. And this is one of his sayings, letters, whatever you want to call it. See, the book of Jeremiah is like, uh, I like to think of it as, however you want to, whatever word you want to use, but I like to think of it as Jeremiah wrote that when God gave him a word, he, sometimes he would write it down. And over 40 years of getting words from God, he had this collection of words, like a journal almost, and so they put it in to a book or bound it or whatever they did with it. But let's just say it's a Jeremiah's journal of, of words that God gave him to give to other people. And so we're in Jeremiah chapter 7 today. Just keep all that in mind as I'm reading. And remember, they didn't, about 10 people raised, raised their hands and say that they liked instruction. So 
You're about to find out what that means for those of you that don't like instruction. If it makes you feel any better, I don't like instructions either. But guess what? I put a ceiling fan together yesterday for my mother while she was gone. Didn't read the instructions. Wired it, and it had a remote with it, which made it even more aggravating. And I wired it, and I get it done, get it all buttoned up, got it on the swept up, all the sheetrock dust, and you're like, man, yes, thank you. Now I can finally go and eat supper and hang out with my girls. I've done everything I said I was going to do today. Go to flip the thing on. The fan don't come on, but the lights come on. So then I had to take it back down, take it apart. I still ain't figured it out. My mom don't know that. She just found that out right now. But <laughs> sometime today I'll figure it out, okay? But I didn't read the instructions. I thought I knew because I had put one up before, but I don't know, obviously. So if you don't follow instructions, sometimes there's a price to pay. Well, Jeremiah was sent to these people to remind them of that. So let's hear what he's got to say. Jeremiah chapter 7, starting in verse 1. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go to the entrance of the Lord's temple and give this message to the people. Listen, O Judah. O Judah, listen to this message from the Lord. Listen to it all. All of you who worship here, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Before we hear what the Lord of heaven, Heaven's armies says, notice that, and by the way, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Uh, I know most of the time we read out CSB. I read out of the NLT because it's a little plainer and uh, helps me understand it a little better. Uh, we could, I could preach a whole sermon about translations, but one thing I want to say. There ain't no point in reading it if you don't understand it or it don't mean something to you. So just because you got a smarter translation or a word-for-word -word translation, if you ain't getting nothing out of it, I don't care what translation it is. Get something that you can understand, and then once you understand it, then graduate to something that's a little closer to the original language, okay? So here we go. Jeremiah, it said he was at the entrance of the Lord's temple. That means he was standing right outside the church gate. So what, if, what would that look like today? That would be like Jeremiah standing outside the front door and talking to y'all as you come in. I pray that we don't ever have to be that church to where another prophet, preacher, pastor has to come out here and tell all y'all that what we're doing in here ain't God's just because God's name's on it. All right? Here we go. Even now, if you quit your evil ways, I will let you stay in your own land. But don't be fooled by those who promise you safety simply because the Lord's temple is here. They chant, the Lord's temple is here, the Lord's temple is here, the Lord's temple is here. But I will be merciful only if you stop your evil thoughts and deeds and start treating each other with justice. What is he saying? First thing that comes to my mind in the NLT, he says, if you quit your evil ways, I will let you stay in your own land. Don't be fooled. 
Just because we're in the world doesn't mean we're supposed to be of the world. And I know it's hard sometimes when you're surrounded by ungodly people and ungodly things. I didn't hear anything, hardly anything. I heard about two minutes what Bobby said in the second service. But I haven't heard anything of how Bobby preached this or the way he preached it because I was back there playing with pancakes and eating pancakes. But don't be fooled is a warning. Y'all don't listen to instructions, do you? Know that each and every day there are things out there to trick you, fool you, deceit you. Don't trust deceitful words. Don't be fooled. Every day there is someone, something out there that the devil is going to use to try to get you off track. And if you just float through life and just try to get through the day and don't have any protection, don't put on any of God's armor, you're going to be fooled. And one day it's going to get so bad that you're going to think you're doing the right thing by coming to church and you ain't even going to be worshiping the right God and you think just because you come into a building that it's right. Be aware. The temple is here. Just because you put God's name on it, don't make it God's. How many of you know that? How many people have abused God's name for their own profit for their, to manipulate people? Just, so be aware. Don't trust deceitful words. Well, how do you know the real thing from a counterfeit? Bobby said this. I can't remember if he said it from here, but he might have said it in a meeting. At the U.S. Mint Treasury, they make dollar bills. Well, they train people to know, to study what a U.S. dollar looks like. All the markings, all the print, all the, the paper, the ink. They don't study the counterfeit. They study the real thing because guess what? There's going to be different counterfeits all the time. They're constantly going to change. But if you know the real thing, you'll be able to spot the difference. So what does that mean? That means if you're not spending any time with God... And if you're not spending any time with God's people, you ain't going to know the difference. And you're going to be fooled. And that's what happened to these people. And Jeremiah had to come remind them. I'm here today just to remind you and encourage you. But guess what? Sometimes the truth hurts. It don't mean I don't love you. It just means do something different. Another thing I want to point out just because you don't put God's name on it doesn't mean you don't worship it. You understand that? It might have another name, but it'll be God to you. It might be a boat. It might be a TV. It might be Facebook. It might be Instagram. It might be your kids. It might be relationships. Just because they don't say holy God on it don't mean you don't make it God. Jeremiah's reminding them of this. But I will be merciful only if you stop your evil thoughts and deeds and start treating each other with justice. What is that? First, when you read that surface level first time, 
You think, what do you think about when you think of the word justice? When you start treating each other with justice. It doesn't mean vengeance. It don't mean, well, I got to get you because you got me. It, doesn't, it means fairness. It means governing. The perfect form of government is people governing themselves. Well, we don't do that anymore because everybody's too scared to tell everybody the truth. Everybody's too scared to tell somebody. You might offend somebody. We can't do that. I need a safe space. I need a circle. I need, you know. People are too scared to love. That is what love is. And the world has distorted and fooled everybody so much that when somebody says something to you because it might cut you a little bit, because it might hurt your feelings, you think that ain't love. It takes more love for somebody to tell you the truth than it does for somebody... I about said something I didn't need to. <laughs> it, for somebody to just butter up to you and be nice to you and do whatever you like to do, you got a bunch of yes men in your corner. And that probably means you're hanging out with a bunch of fools. You need people in your life that are willing to tell you the truth and willing to tell you when you're being a fool, when you're, when you're being dishonest. That's, what, that's the justice he's talking about. If we were treating each other like we wanted to be treated and holding each other to a standard and holding each other accountable, there wouldn't be so much foolishness going on to where we wouldn't know what's true and not true. And look how far it got. I pray, we're getting there. As a, as a nation, as a people, every time I read Jeremiah, I feel like he's talking more about America than, than he's talking about Israel or Judah. Just because we were founded on biblical and godly principles don't mean we can't get away from them. It don't mean we can't, like I just said, just because you put God's name on it, don't make it God's. What do you worship? That's what he's telling he gives you a list of instructions just like he's having to remind these people the same stuff over and over and over and over again. That's why I think a lot of times the message here sounds like it doesn't change. Well, guess what? Jesus preached one message the entire time he was alive. Just because it's old don't, make it, don't mean it's bad. Truth is the truth, no matter what happens. Verse 6, after he says, start treating each other with justice. Only if you stop exploiting foreigners, stop oppressing the resident alien, foreigners, whatever word you want to use, the fatherless, orphans, the widow, no longer shed innocent blood, Stop harming yourselves by worshiping idols. In chapter 3 of Jeremiah, he says, stop prostituting yourself. You act like a prostitute. That hurts, don't it? Somebody come up to you and said, you're acting like a prostitute. That'd make you mad, wouldn't it? But we do it all the time. We do it to God, don't we? we things God put in us, that were supposed to be meant only for God, we sell to everybody else. You don't even realize it. Y'all know anything about a prostitute? What happens? When you start doing stuff for money and you start selling it, it takes the soul away from it and it gets to where it don't mean nothing. It's just a thing. Something that was made just for God. You've now parted out 
to the world and you've lost your soul. I have a hard time with this message just as much as you do because I get convicted. Just because I'm standing up here don't mean I don't struggle with the same things and doesn't mean that you don't go through things. And just, I'm, I've been raised in Baptist church all my life. And uh, if, if, you, if you're Baptist, maybe you'll get this joke. I don't know. Maybe it was just a keener thing. But I remember hearing people say, you know, well, Baptists think they're holy because they don't cuss, drink, or screw, or chew, or go with girls that do. <laughs> Y'all ever heard that? No? Well, now you have. <laughs> That's not what makes you holy. God is. The only thing, the only goodness in you, I believe there's a song, I think I heard it this morning, the goodness of God is what makes you good. It isn't anything in you because if you've read this book, any bit, you see the same thing happening over and over, just like I explained. People are terrible, myself included. And you have to realize that if only for God that any goodness comes out of me. Jeremiah is trying to remind these people, God gave you rules not because he wants to punish you or not because he wants to be unfair or not because he wants to just put his finger on you, but because he loves you and he knows what is right because he created everything. Think about if the sun gets off one degree, this world would not exist. That God. And you don't think His rules are good for you? But, but our human nature is, well, I don't want to do that. Just like you don't want to read the instructions. Just like you don't want to read the warning label. It's hot. Don't touch it. Well, guess what? I pray almost every time. I prayed. I think I did it this morning. I pray that you have an experience. Because I know I have to experience things. And that has got me most time in more trouble than I wanted to get into. But guess what? It was an experience that got me to listen to God and submit to Him. And it was because of an experience that I'm even standing up here talking to y'all because this ain't something that I want to do, if I'm being completely honest. It's something I struggle with all the time. But every day, God, don't let me miss what you're doing. And God, please show me how to push myself down. Because I know that when myself rises up, things are ugly. Verse 8 says, Don't be fooled into thinking that you will never suffer because the temple is here. Just because you say woo don't make you holy. Just because you come in here and say, woo, don't make, you won't suffer. That hurt a little bit, didn't it? Don't make a good thing a God thing. Nothing wrong with woo, and I love woo, and I love that we're not so bound tight that you feel like you can't express yourself and be yourself. Because worship is a celebration. And I don't know about y'all, but when you go to a party, do you put on your tie and 
sit there and nod your head and don't say anything? No. There should be some enthusiasm. I love that about this place. But don't make a good thing a God thing. And don't let something, even if it is a good thing, get in front of God to where you ain't even willing to go where God's asking you to go because you're too hung up on all your things, on all your traditions, on all your sayings, on a word. Don't you yourselves admit this temple which bears my name has become a den of thieves. That sounds familiar, don't it? It's because Jesus said it. Jesus said it in Mark, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. He says, when he's, Matthew eleven fifteen through 18 says, when they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people by buy, people buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the tables, money changers, and the chairs of those selling doves, and he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. And he said to them, The Scriptures declare, My temple it will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. I pray that this place never has to be said about that. I pray that we don't worship a place or we don't make God bound to a location. I think Bobby said something. The temple is just a vessel. Your body is just a vessel. You, the whole point is God loves you enough to warn you. God loves you enough to give you instructions. And guess what? He loves you so much that even if you disobey Him and don't follow Him, He will send somebody to oppress you, enslave you, even kill you to bring you home. Because He loves you that much. And that sounds like that ain't love, but that's what the promise is. The promise is, I will never let you go. Because I'm God and I will never change. And what? So, one of the last things I'll say those of you who don't like to follow instructions, most of the time you're going to have to have an experience and you're going to have to learn the hard way. Well, I'm right there with you. But just know if you're going to be dumb, you've got to be tough. All right? But God, something that makes me want to even look at the instructions, makes me even want to read the book, is knowing that God loves me that much. He, you can't shake God. You can't lose Him. He won't let go of you. And that makes me want to respond. That makes me want to get up here and tell people. Knowing that somebody loves me that much. What I'm really trying to say is be willing to let God work in your life. Be close enough to God that you can even see that He's trying to do something. And I promise, God is not how many times you come into this place. It's not how many times you say woo. It's not how many degrees you have. It's not 
how many instruments you play. It's just you being willing to do what God asks you to do and he'll take you places you never thought you'd go. And you'll experience things you never thought you'd experience. And nobody can take that away from you, no matter what happens in the world. No matter if, if we get enslaved and overtaken because we won't follow the instructions. No matter how many diseases or viruses or things people come up with, none of that will matter. And that's where the peace comes from. That's where the joy comes from. And that's how you witness to people because they see it. You ever seen somebody in the checkout line or in the drive-thru and they're just happy and they're just loving life and you're thinking, man, you're flipping burgers. What? And you, but you have to ask because their attitude is just so infectious. What, what is wrong with you? I want to be that person. What do your actions reveal? Just because you come in here on Sunday and, like I said, woo and sing and worship and praise, what do you, what do, you do Monday through Saturday? Your actions reveal what you worship. And only you can answer that and only you and God know that. Let somebody pay you dumb tax for you. Y'all know what that means? You dumb tax. That means somebody else, and it's been happening for thousands of years, somebody else has already been through what you're going through, and somebody was kind enough, God was kind enough to inspire men to write it down for us. And they've already paid the dumb tax. They've already been through the hardships. And what God is saying is there is a better way. Let them change your heart. Read the warning label. There's a whole lot more I want to say, but this is like the shortest service because of all that goes on. But if you want to know more, come ask me. I'm going to pray. Dear Lord, thank you for loving us so much that you're willing to do any and everything to get our attention. You're willing to send your one and only Son from heaven down here to earth just to get our attention, dear Lord, to pay, to pay for what we should have paid for. Help us to know that, that your ways are higher than our ways, dear Lord. I pray that anybody in this room or anybody that ever listens to this or hears this, dear Lord, would just know that you love them so much that you will do any and everything to come get them. I pray that people would just ask you what it is they need to do to have that experience and that relationship with you. Maybe they've already had it, dear Lord, and maybe they've just gone, gotten away from it, dear Lord. Help them to know the only thing you're asking them to do is just take one step. Lord, I pray it'll take that step, whatever that means for them today. If there's people here struggling like me, I pray that they just confess those things to you and, and allow you to work in their lives, dear Lord. Thank you for working in my life. And forgive me, dear Lord, 
for getting in your way. Dear Lord, I pray that in this time right now, dear Lord, we just respond to whatever you're asking us. Help us to be bold like Jeremiah and be so bold that we get up in front of a church and warn people that this ain't right. Help us not to have to ever be the church that somebody has to get up in front of and tell people you probably shouldn't go in there. Help us to remember, dear Lord, that the church is a people, a body of people. Wherever two or more are gathered, you're there. We can have church anywhere and everywhere. Help us to go out in this community and, and be that more, dear Lord. And not so much by what we say. We've said it to death. Help us to do it by how we act and treat people and love people like you do, dear Lord. I love you. I ask it in your name. Amen.